Hello friends, my name is Rachel Harkins and you are listening to The More Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Testify series on The More Podcast. I'm here with my friend, Miss Julie Barfield. Hello! (laughs) Y'all, I'm so excited to have been so excited at the thought of recording this episode for so long because Miss Barfield is a dear friend of mine and a mentor of mine. And um, I've told a lot of people this, but it's just the way the Lord has used the Barfield family and Julie specifically is such a big reason why I follow the Lord today. So praise God. Um, It only seemed fitting that she would be the first guest star on this series. I'm really excited. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) But we were just talking through what we want to talk about because we were just laughing how we could probably talk forever. Um, But we were just reflecting on when we met for the first time, how we became friends and pretty crazy. We (laughs) were in eighth grade. (laughs) I was in eighth grade. So seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. Seven seven years years ago. ago. In 2014, I wrote Miss Barfield a letter. Um, she didn't know who I was. I didn't really know who she was, um, but just felt like the Lord was calling me to reach out to her. And we were just like sitting teary-eyed on the couch, just in awe of yeah. how the Lord is yeah. quite literally able to do more. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. In fact, it's funny that you, I wish that I had thought about that letter before, cause I have it safely you know, when you put those things in that yes. safe place, I can't really put my hands on it just for a second, but I still have it um, and love it and treasure it because it was, yeah, it was from an eighth grade little little girl. <laughs> and our named, still friends, which is crazy. Rachel. I know. And what I love kind of what we were saying too, when we were um, visiting earlier is that, you know, when you get older, the gap of our age, because Mm-hmm. Before, when you were in eighth grade, you were so like, just a mere baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and now here you are, um, a mm. wonderful adult um, woman and friend. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, <laughs> so I am beyond <clears throat> grateful. And, you know, to be honest, so grateful that even as an eighth grade um, little girl, uh, and I guess you're not little. I mean, eighth grade. Excuse me. <laughs> so forgive me. But eighth grade young woman at that moment that you um, took the time during that season um, to reach out to someone that you didn't know. And mm-hmm. as we'll kind of talk about here in a minute and share the story of uh, of what connected us or the reason that you wrote mm-hmm. that letter. But, you know, when I think about that alone and how um, even back then, almost seven years ago, God was you know, orchestrating Mm -hmm. and he, he planted that little seed in your heart that, um, caused you to reach out and write a letter. Mm -hmm. Then I received this letter. And then here we are (laughs) all because of God's orchestrating Mm -hmm. and, um, and orchestrating and during a season of great, um, difficulty and suffering, Mm -hmm. uh, that happened, specifically to our family. But I mean, obviously, as you and I've talked, there was, um, you know, the, the ripple effect mm-hmm. of hard things yeah. and, and what happened uh, in our family's life and how it touched the lives of others and mm-hmm. you being one of them yeah. and how beautiful the fruit of sitting here with you mm-hmm. even seven years later is, is has me kind of in awe. I know of who God is so in awe. I mean, the verse that this podcast is based on is Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And I think 
if you could have asked little eighth grade Rachel if she thought this would be happening right now, I would have laughed and been like, there's no way because little eighth grade Rachel was scared to write the letter. I remember being like, should I? Is this weird? But I mean, just the way he has connected our stories together and all the stuff I've learned from Miss Barfield is just, I stand in awe of it. I was just listening to her to speak of the Lord's faithfulness in her life when we were sitting on the couch. And I was just like, oh, I could listen to this lady talk forever. The Lord is doing a good work in her. Um, But so the series that we're starting today is called Testify. And um, kind of something I want to do with all the people I have the privilege of getting to sit down and talk to is just ask them, what does Testify mean to you? Mm. (laughs) Well, and I... I don't know if this says, I don't know what this says about me, actually, because I'm not a real book study kind of person, but, <laughs> but I, in preparation, I was like, what does it mean to testify? Uh, and, you know, it's funny when you Google it, it, it will give you a couple of um, options besides just the definition, but it talked about, you know, testifying in court mm-hmm. and testifying in church mm-hmm. and um, all very similar. But I looked up the definition of testify. Um, this is just the Webster's from the Webster's Dictionary, and it says, to make a statement based on personal knowledge or belief, to serve as evidence or proof, to make known. Mm. And so in in thinking about and preparing for our time together today, I, you know, I obviously began looking back um, over the last several years of what God has done and, and how that his faithfulness in my life has equipped me to then be able to testify or, um, and I think my favorite here is that I would be able to serve as evidence or proof of God's faithfulness so that, you know, my testimony or my testifying would be that, um, that God is good. And my prayer would be that I live every day in such a way that my life is that testimony Mm -hmm. that it is evidence um, or proof that in uh, suffering and when life uh, throws you a curveball and it's not like you thought or, or maybe hoped it would be that even in that God is, is good. So I would Mm -hmm. say um, just, you know, if, if we could, speak to one truth and hope that people take that one nugget away in case they shut us off after this. I, I hope not. Um, Hang but, on till the end. It's going to be so good. But that God is good and he's faithful. And, you know, if you just keep, um, uh, keep journeying and, and being steady and steadfast, it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's perfect and it doesn't mean that it won't be hard. Um, but to my dad has a phrase, he, he calls it a stick, a stick to itness. So we have a stick to itness, um, you know, in our walk with, with God that we can, that he'll build in us a testimony. Um, and so I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that where I am today, um, is based on personal knowledge of, of who, Christ is. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. And yeah. I can say it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I think so often in our culture, just with Christian culture, we can make testimony be like me, me, me. But I think something that I admire so much about Julia and even just hearing her, like I, we basically sat down and I was like, okay, like your testimony, like let's talk about it. And one of her big overarching ideas is she was like, it's not about me in the end. Like it's all about Jesus. And like, it's all about him being better. It's all about him being enough. 
Um, so I think that's kind of our prayer over this episode as a whole is mm. not that you would hear my story. You wouldn't hear Julie's story, but you would hear that Jesus is good. And mm. even though we've walked through hard things and even though hard things have happened and hard things will happen. And although our life until we get to heaven is a constant walking through the wilderness, like Jesus is still good and he's still beside us. He's still leading us. Um, and like you said, it's not promised that it's going to be easy. We were laughing earlier how life with Jesus is far from easy. He did not say, follow me and it will be an easy ride. He said, follow me and it will be worth it. And, um, you will have a treasure for you in heaven. Um, but yeah, no, no, for sure. And I think, um, if you don't mind, I'll just kind of jump. You go girl. Right. (laughs) Um, no, I, you know, so when we were, talking a bit ago about how we met and how God brought us together. I don't think we knew God was bringing us together Mm -hmm. almost seven years ago, but that he did. And I'm so thankful. Um, So back in 2014, November of 2014, you know, you walk through life. I um, was and am still married uh, with two children uh, back in 2014. And I had a then- 13-year-old and um, and then 11-year-old daughter. So I had Grace, who was 11, and Warren, who was 13, in eighth grade with Rachel. Um, And on November 24th, 2014, our lives absolutely took um, a turn that I could never, ever, ever have imagined. And I think I said to you that if I could describe it in any way, it just was... um, a time where we began living out our worst nightmare. And that is um, after uh, an accident, an ATV accident that Warren was in, um, he went home to be with Jesus. And we um, were devastated, mm. as you can imagine. And it was a very dark um, season for mm-hmm. us, for myself and my husband and, and for Grace, our daughter, Um, and we experienced pain and suffering and loss that um, is really just almost difficult to explain. Mm -hmm. And it was a journey that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but, um, and, and, and that, but comes from almost seven years, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so there's that kind of that dash because that, that season of life, gosh, there are people that might be listening today that are in that moment of the darkest um, season or, or time of their life. And so the, but for me is, is trusting in God's promises over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that being said, when Warren died, um, we were kind of faced with this moment or me personally, I'll just speak for myself, but I was faced with this moment of, of believing who God had always said that he was in my life. I grew up in, um, you know, a godly Christian home. And so I knew, I knew the scriptures. I knew, um, God to be a good God, but, um, I knew him to be a good God in a pretty good life yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was living at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then when that changed, um, what I learned was that this head knowledge that I had of who God was had to become heart knowledge. Like mm, I had to know yeah. <laughs> that I knew that I knew that I knew. 
mm -hmm. um, that God was who he said that he was and that he was going to be faithful mm -hmm. and that he was going to hold me and that he wasn't going to leave me. Because I think in those first few moments, and, and we can speak to this in any situation that we go through that's really hard, um, the last thing that we want is to be to feel alone in it. Mm. And there's something super fearful of being yeah. alone in pain and suffering. Um, and we need each other. And so I think my initial, you know, obviously the loss of our son was just unfathomable and, and the hurt was so great. But I also was overcome with a ton of fear, mm. um, fear of how in the world we would live um, one second one day, much less years without our son in our life. And so immediately, immediately God showed me a promise, a super simple promise in, in his scriptures that he would not leave me alone. There's a Carrie Job song. Um, I think it's called I'm Not Alone. I'm Not Alone. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good, it'll wreck you. It's yeah, so good. It, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. it, there were years after Warren died that that was a song I couldn't quite listen to for just gonna, you know, completely lose it. Yeah. Um, but the words are so powerful. But the scripture that he tied into that song for me um, is found in Isaiah 43. And I'll just read, I think it's um, verses one, two, just verses one and two. And he says here um, in Isaiah 43, fear not. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. He's like, Julie. Don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. And I will read verse 3. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, he promised me in that hospital um, at Texas Children's that I would not be alone. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of what was complete chaos, emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, there was a lot of chaos. This one promise steadied me mm -hmm. enough um, to, I, I said that earlier, really just to keep me getting up out of bed, mm -hmm. putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about the whole head knowledge becoming heart knowledge, because I think we can read verse after verse about God leading people, God healing people, God restoring people, God protecting people, but it's not until we're the ones walking through the wilderness where we actually like it comes to life for us. And I love Isaiah 43 has always been one of my favorite pieces of scripture, but I love how it starts off because it proclaims what our identity is. It says you are mine. And like, that is who you are. It's nothing about you. You are mine. And then it goes on to say, like, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, like, don't worry, I will be with you. Like, do not fear. Like I will protect you. And that I love how that comes right after he affirms our identity because it shows because that is our identity, that is why he is worth trusting. And then he wraps it up at the end with stating his authority of like, I'm powerful over all of this. So like even more of a reason why you should not be afraid. Um, I love that. Yeah. Good scripture. It is. It is so good. It's just, you know, and I think to, um, to, to veer off on in this way, I, when God, 
gave me that promise. And the great thing is it's been a promise that I've carried with me mm-hmm. and passed along to Grace um, and other uh, moms <clears throat> that I have met, uh, had the honor really of mm-hmm. serving and encouraging and, and ministering to, um, you know, because we said our suffering connects us yeah. and, you know, and that's what God has done. But he, he so rooted this truth in me that even though the waves of grief and pain and other suffering, I mean, gosh, we're living in a time right now where I, I mean, it's just hard, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I can stand really firm in trusting that, um, you know, because, and you said it earlier about, you know, that walking with Jesus, choosing mm-hmm. Jesus, he doesn't promise easy <laughs> Yeah, because even here, you know, he says that when you, not if you, or maybe you, but not you, it's when you pass through and whatever that is for you, fill in the blank, the waters, the river, the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, not if, that he will take you through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that journey looks like for everyone. Um, some journeys are until we get to heaven, right? So the through is going to be, um, you know, until Jesus returns, mm-hmm. but then there's the through kind of like the, the Israelites in the mm-hmm. wilderness that he brought them through. He provided, um, you know, a pillar by night. No, I'm getting that wrong. And a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> a cloud, something the cloud, the pillar and the manna. I do know that. And the water from the rock. <laughs> Lots of things. He provided, he, mm-hmm. he carried them through and I think I wrote here next to Isaiah 43. This was back um, even in July of 2015, and I was thanking mm-hmm. God, um, not that He was removing the circumstances because for me He couldn't, mm-hmm. and for many He can. Many circumstances do change, but gosh, many don't. Mm-hmm. And so we can't. The promise can't be that once um, our circumstances change, mm-hmm. then God will whatever. Um, but that I was thanking God that he was bringing me through. And this was in 2015. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to testify. I may just run that word right into the ground. <laughs> I love it. He keeps saying uh, it. That, that, that he is continuing to carry me through mm-hmm. and he's put my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he picks me up. Sometimes I'm holding on for dear life. And sometimes he's giving me strength that I don't even know where else it could come from. Except yeah through him. Yeah. And I think what's so cool is I feel like not only does the scripture proclaim this, but I think miss like the whole Barfield family, their whole life proclaims this is that it's not about the wilderness. And like, even Julie Mm. was saying before we recorded, she was like, I don't want this to just be about Warren. Like Mm. I want it to be about how God's glory has been revealed through Mm. the life and death of Warren. And like, I, I just think that's so cool. Like that's what it's about. And we were saying earlier how like every the Lord does everything that happens has purpose and purpose mm. to reveal God's glory. And I wrote it down. We were talking earlier and Miss Barfield, every time she talks, I feel like I need to pin in the paper stop. because I just <laughs> love it all. But um, she was saying he will always make a way. He will always reveal his purpose and he will always reveal his glory. Mm. And I think it's just takes our perspective change mm. of like, am I going to choose to look at the waters or am I going to choose to look at the rivers or am I going to choose yeah. to look at the fire or am I going to choose to fix my eyes on yeah. the face of Jesus? Yeah. Because we look at Peter walking on water. It's like what happened to him when he was walking and he looked down at the water, he started sinking, yeah. but he could walk when he looked at the face of Jesus, yeah. which 
easier said than done. And I think that's something we're going to be learning for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you'll recall, I mean, one of my, and it's not my own phrase, um, but the having eternal lenses, you know, that perspective of, you know, seeing life, the good and the really hard through, you know, an eternal perspective, you Mm -hmm. know, it's trading our earthly lenses for his lenses of, you know, that our hope is in heaven. Yeah. So no matter what we're walking through here, the hard that's here, we can be, you know, but it is a constant, you know, shift or refocusing and Mm -hmm. removing those earthly lenses. Yeah. That's so easy to do. So easy. And I mean, even like looking at your story, like the world, worldly lenses would look at your story of like death and heartache and despair. Mm -hmm. But then earthly, if you put on eternal lenses, it's like, wait, no, heaven is better. Like Jesus is better. And like, even if not, like he is still good. And like, that is, I mean, that's the goodness of even being able to have faith. And like, I think that's why he's worthy of being testified because eternal lenses are worth it. And like the joy that we gain and the hope we gain from putting on those eternal lenses and taking off the worldly lenses is so much greater than anything this earth could possibly ever give us. I agree a hundred percent. I think that there was a a season that God kind of brought this to my mind because, you know, we, we can get really discouraged when we're praying for a miracle of some sort, a healing, um, I don't know, a job or a relationship and whatever the circumstance is. I mean, we need a miracle and we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. And I mean, even I'll use Warren as an example. I mean, we had people all over the place, you know, stopping and praying and believing. I mean, Mm -hmm. God was going to, save him. God, yeah. I mean, we know that God can, um, but we live in kind of that space of, you know, what is his will? What is his greater glory? You know, how is he going to work his glory out in this particular situation, which we can't, we cannot understand. But I was thinking, um, is it possible? So the miracle that I, that we pray for that, that God would heal Warren this side of heaven did not happen. So one would be like, well, you know, there you go. I mean, did he, did he not hear us? He didn't answer us. So the we didn't get the miracle. Mm -hmm. And yet, and again, this is time. This is, you know, God healing my heart to see things this way. But I have thought to myself on many occasions, is it possible that like, for example, that you are sitting and staring right into the face of a miracle. And that mm-hmm. is a mama's heart and a, a you know, just a, a daughter of her heavenly father that said, I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to walk this out the best that I can. And I'm going to give you all the glory because mm-hmm. um, in my own flesh, in my own weak, weak, weak humanness. It's not possible mm-hmm. that I could, that I could walk and journey this and be where I am. Cause what I'm testifying mm-hmm. is that I'm not just surviving and there were certainly, and there are days of just surviving. I, I mean, God has done some things in my life and in our family's life that is beyond, um, surviving. And beyond um, just, you know, that putting one foot in front of the other. And so I, I would, I would ask myself, I would ask you, is it possible that 
that we miss this miracle of me, of, of our family, or of being able to walk out this journey of suffering because we thought we didn't get the miracle of Warren's healing, mm. but rather the miracle of him yeah. working in our everyday life. And yeah. which I hope we get to, but just the fact that, you know, how he worked in your life as mm-hmm. an eighth grader, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, of course, and here yeah. you are because of what God did in the miracle we thought that wasn't answered. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, what did I, it's that upside down kingdom yeah. that we can't. Upside down kingdom is so right. Grasp. Yes. How or why he does things, hmm. but trusting him in it and sticking around long enough to see the fruit of yeah. it. And I think it was maybe spoken at Warren's service, you know, the idea that um, that Warren's death would not be wasted, mm. you know, because it's already a horrible thing. And yeah. so the idea that God would use something and that it would not mm-hmm. be wasted is is pretty, um, is to me, a miracle yeah. in and of itself. Yes. I mean, it just... And only a holy God could take something like death and make it not be wasted. Because I think if we take it back to the earthly lenses, it's like the world says that death, I mean, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. And how crazy to think that like when we follow Jesus, like that's when our life truly begins. And I was thinking um, when Julie was talking, one of my favorite songs has a lyric in it that says, for all we've seen, we ain't seen nothing yet. And Mm. I can only imagine the Lord looking down on your family and our community, November of 2014, mm-hmm. and just looking at us and being like, for all you've seen now, like just yeah. wait, like you yeah. have no idea what's coming. Like you have no idea the miracles that I'm about to bring y'all, yeah. which it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I mean, that's why following Jesus is worth it because if we hang on to him and we cling to him and we trust his promises and get out of bed in the morning, even when it's really hard, like we'll slowly but surely start seeing miracles oh yeah <laughs> oh I mean it's it's absolutely true and I think that what's so beautiful mm-hmm. in that that's what did I say it was the stick with itness of following Jesus mm-hmm. and you know I told you and if I'm a hundred percent honest can I tell you what the world is convincing in that you know there's um you know finding satisfaction in all of the things mm-hmm. here on earth is certainly is something that we can fall into, but I, I think it's so incredible to follow, um, to stay, to stay in, to continue leaning in, to continue, um, even when we fall, even Mm -hmm. when we've, um, gosh, we mess up, um, because we certainly have, I mean, Mm -hmm. I certainly do every day. I mean, it's a constant it's, uh, you know, every praise God that his mercies are new every single morning mm-hmm. um, because I definitely need to be reminded that I have to keep leaning in and um, enjoying mm-hmm. the promises of his steadfastness. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, so many things in our life, um, our circumstances change. I mean, it's just constant change. But mm-hmm. the one thing that we can count on is, you know, that God is unchanging Mm -hmm. and yet he what he changes Mm. everything yeah oh that's so good I love um earlier we were just talking about how when Warren first passed away 
you clung to Jesus out of fear of yes. like, there's nothing else. Like there's literally nothing else. Like Jesus is the only thing I can come back to. And I think that's the beauty of how the Lord strips us down is he's like, I want to show you that nothing else is going to satisfy. Like, I want to show you yeah. that nothing of this world is ever going to sustain you yeah. to show you that like, I'm the only one. Yeah. And I just, uh, what you said about Warren's death, never being wasted. I was telling um, my best friend, Maddie, which I hope she's listening to this, <laughs> but I was telling her yesterday that I was sitting down with Chris Barfield today. And, um, me and Maddie just had a whole conversation about how, what happened in November of our eighth grade year changed the trajectory of not only my life, not only Maddie's life, but the life of so many other people in our community. Like I can confidently say so many people my age, they started walking with Jesus because of what happened on November 24, 2014. And it's so crazy. Before I came to the Barfield house today, I found my journal from my eighth grade year. And um, I was just flipping through it because kind of my theme of this year is remember and remembering the Lord's faithfulness. And just crazy to look back at who I was in eighth grade. And that's really <laughs> when I started walking with Jesus and to see where he's brought me. And like we said before, like it's not been an easy journey. Like following Jesus is hard, but it's worth it. And something that I have written in here is Jesus will save me like he saved Warren. Mm. And I mean, I can confidently say like I'm saved, like I'm going to heaven one day yeah. because of the life change I experienced yeah. my eighth grade year of middle yeah. school. And I mean, that is just one of the millions of examples yeah. that have come out of the hardest like the hardest yeah. darkest thing yeah um and isn't it great that it's not about how good you could be yeah or that you could be bad enough that you you know that you would be written off yeah that i mean say that again. that is like that's a word that's a testifying. <laughs> yeah jesus will save me like he saved warren and yeah. warren barfield is not dead he's more alive yeah. than ever yeah i mean that's that's the hope of the gospel those are the things that we cling to when and yeah, I mean, God really gets us to a place. Um, it's where he really does his best work. I mean, because we're so busy and so preoccupied with things that he gets us to a place of, I mean, we, we come to the end of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We come to the very end of ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you just have to be ready for that time of vulnerability. I wish that God could do a thing without me being stripped <laughs> of my comfort, my, mm -hmm. what I thought was comfort and peace and joy and happening, all the things. And yet, um, you know, it really was in the darkest season of my life that, I mean, the light of Jesus, um, shone so bright. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> um, I mean, he's been, he has just continued to be faithful and it has also, you know, required, on my part to continue leaning in and trusting him. I, I love you reminded me when I said, you know, in the very beginning, it really was from a place of fear that I trusted or wanted or needed the, you know, out of my desperateness to that God would be enough um, to get me through just the day, you know, just mm -hmm. the next day and then the next day and then the next day. And yet what he's, what he has, time and time and time again is proven that he is so much more and he is so, um, so faithful and has been, um, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I know I sometimes <laughs> get a little like, uh, but you know, I was going to just go to 
Habakkuk, we kind of talked about this earlier because mm-hmm. I think even even the life, even the time that we live in right now is so challenging mm-hmm. and there's just so many disappointments and life can seem so, so heavy. Um, you know, I remember uh, that I think it's, I, I, well, I want to take a side note too. I want to just say too, that I think it's so important um, that we, because trials are going to happen in our life, that we spend the time to prepare for the trial that's not yet come because mm-hmm. one once we're in the trial the the fire or that river or that you know that wave that crashes in um a lot of times and not that god doesn't use it because he did a lot of times then we do operate out of a place of fear mm-hmm. rather than a place of knowing that we know that we know that we know mm-hmm. and what god could do so so to be in the word, to stay, to, to be prepared, to be strengthened um, for whatever it is that could be thrown our way. It's so important. It's so important to surround ourselves with community. Um, but <clears throat> I think it's just so interesting that when when I look back and I think about where we are and how I would want to testify even seven, almost seven years out, is uh, in Habakkuk uh, chapter 3, you know, he talks about, you know, and interesting because Habakkuk is actually just to preface, he's actually rejoicing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the first part doesn't sound like it, but he is. So here he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. And so we could fill in the blanks there. Mm-hmm. Like we've got a ton of stuff we could you know, make it fit for us today. And he says, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation for the Lord God is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. I mean, this is our future hope. And so I'm going to lead you. I, I don't know where you're going after this, but I'm thinking, you know, when we, as we started yeah. walking through Isaiah 43 mm-hmm. and yeah. then where he took us even toward the end of Isaiah. But I just feel like that even when life is really, really hard um, and it takes those eternal lenses and mm-hmm. it takes um, preaching to ourselves and it takes, you know, Piper says, and I love this, I'm going to quote him. He says, it's more than believing in the fact that Jesus is the son of God. Um, but it's delighting in the fact and it's embracing that fact and making Christ the treasure and the Lord of your life by surrendering to him. So mm-hmm. I really believe that the only way we can say yet mm-hmm. and whatever it is, is because we're embracing, we're delighting and we're leaning in and we're trusting and that we're making him the treasure mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that he becomes our more, he becomes enough and he is you know, is our everything. And mm, I just think oftentimes it takes coming to the very end of ourselves <laughs> to make space. Yes, which that's the upside down kingdom because we don't, <laughs> we as humans don't want to come to the end of ourselves. And no. I love what you said about delight. That's been such a reoccurring word just in my time in the word and just in conversations I've had with people. And something one of my friends said to me the other day in um, terms of just 
meaning the father and reading the word is it should never be a duty. It should always be a delight. Mm. But how often do I make it a duty of like, I feel like I have to do this. I feel like I have to do this to get to heaven. I feel like I have to do this to be a good person, but it's like, no, like following Jesus should be the biggest delight we have and the biggest breath of fresh air and not something that we do because we need it, but doing because we genuinely want it. Like we can't do without it. And like, we want it to make our days fuller and more joyful and we yes. can love people better because we have Jesus by our side. Um, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I believe it. And I think that it's um, when we think about walking out the, um, you know, walking out this journey, I think when we, one of my favorite scriptures too that God showed me was that, you know, Jesus Christ one of the things that he's over the last two years, I think, and there's a couple of songs out right now, I feel like that talk about the same God. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you, what's so reassuring is that through our days and weeks and months and years and walking through good things that God, you know, the gifts that he gives us. And then the the hard times that there's one thing that is true and steadfast and that he is the same, mm. he is the same God that he was for me. He can be the same God that came to my rescue when I needed him most for you. You know, mm-hmm. he can be that same God. And it says it in Hebrews where he says, Jesus Christ, this was so I mean, this scripture for me. Yeah. And remember, I grew up in a Baptist preacher's home. So like nothing new should be, nothing in the scripture should be new, which is actually not true. Uh-huh. It, it all, it's Every so time you read it, it's day. new. <laughs> but, you know, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I remember, you know, um, coming to terms with Warren's death and, um, and because one might go, gosh, God, where were you? Mm-hmm. You know, you say that you are with us, right? That's kind of how we started this whole thing today where God promises that he is with us. So one would go, gosh, where, I mean, where was he when more needed him? You know, where was he that, you know, the accident, God could have done so many things that would have prevented, you know, those particular events. And yet the scripture says that he is the same faithful creator God yesterday and we can see it all throughout scripture um today and we trust him because it's what he's done for his people mm-hmm. from the very beginning he's yeah. given them exactly what they needed and then it doesn't promise tomorrow the scripture there mm-hmm. does not say tomorrow i think this is hebrews 13 8 mm-hmm. that he is the same yesterday today and forever mm-hmm. and i have said um you know, when Warren took his last breath, that that November 24th became Warren's forever in heaven. So God was absolutely with Warren Mm -hmm. from, you know, from birth until life everlasting. Yeah. And I just think that's powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful. And like what hope that gives us. I mean, I think that points back to this big theme of hope. And I just, I literally have, I just flipped to that in my Bible, Hebrews 13, verse eight. And it says, and in my Bible, I said, I have written, he does not promise it tomorrow, but a forever Jesus is enough. And that's the big idea we wanted this episode to proclaim is that regardless of what we walk through, regardless of what we have walked through, regardless of what tomorrow looks like, like Jesus is enough. And like, he has been enough. He will be enough. He is enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
and let us testify to that. And I, when I was kind of thinking and praying and so excited for our time, um, and, you know, we laughed because we could talk forever and, and I know we need to wrap it up. So I, but I thought, gosh, what if I could wrap it up in 30, <laughs> 45 minutes, like, what would it be? What's, what is God doing? And I think, um, so I was, I'll, I'll, two things, cause there's a song and I shared it with you last night that mm-hmm. was so powerful and the words are so great because I'm so encouraged today to keep journeying on. And mm-hmm. it's like, for what, you know, so we have the hope, I have the hope, but to encourage somebody else. So in first John chapter one, and I, I had read this, gosh, several years ago, but um, just thought it was so applicable for today and for your new season of, you know, testifying says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That is Jesus. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and have heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And I think if our lives, if our heart could tell a story that's what we want. We want someone that doesn't know the hope of Jesus mm-hmm. to know the hope of Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if there could be a one just point bullet, like mm-hmm. nugget, um, if, if you don't know Jesus, know Jesus, because <laughs> there's a lot of things in this world that we don't know. We don't know why we don't know when we don't know how, but we know who, Mm, and I, yeah. I think that that's yeah. so important. And it only seems fitting to end on this note, but I flipped to first John chapter one, what Julie just read from. And on the next page I have written in big blue letters, Jesus saves. No way. Yes. Jesus saves. No and way. <laughs> do you want to tell them Jesus saves? I want you to tell oh, them. Oh, that's right. How crazy. <laughs> I'm shutting my notes, everything, because that, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Because we didn't, we did script a little <laughs> bit. Like we did talk through things, right? We so did. We wouldn't ramble we on did. and on. We did not plan it on the snow. This was not planned. So Jesus saves is, uh, golly, in Warren's Bible. Actually, it was a couple of places um, that Warren had written the words, the two words, Jesus saves. And, and for anybody that's ever been through any kind of suffering or just difficult season, right? Too much is too much, whether it's even God's word, which is why I kind of leaned into praise and worship music because I didn't have the bandwidth to, you know, so simple was really, really good for me. So the fact that God gave me these two words through our precious Warren, um, Jesus saves was a gift for me. Warren had written (laughs) in pen on the outside of his leather Bible, (laughs) the words Jesus saves. Um, And on one hand, that would just be mortifying, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in pen, on the outside of your leather Bible, the words Jesus saves. Um, 
I remember after Warren died going through and wanting to put my hands on as much of his things as I could to find. And I find his Bible and the words Jesus saves on the outside. He had also written a letter um, to my dad, to his granddad, um, when he was not, when he was ill. And in big, like bubble letters, decorated, you know, all <laughs> the things, the words, um, the two words, Jesus saves. And mm. I find it very interesting what you read in your journal that you wrote, that you said that one day Jesus would save you like he saved Warren. And I'm not even sure what your little heart and mind was thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what you're thinking that is, except that, um, you know, as a younger child, Warren accepted Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. He made mm -hmm. a decision that he would follow Jesus for the rest of his life, whatever that would be. Mm -hmm. And Jesus um, saved Warren and even in his death, even in Warren's death, um, he was saved. And I believe very much like you do that Jesus will save. Mm -hmm. He is saving. And uh, yeah, how powerful those two words, because ultimately it is the greatest gift, um, the greatest gift mm -hmm. that he has to offer. And that God gave that gift to me written in pen on the outside of Warren's Bible mm -hmm. is a treasure Yeah, and, and, and a gift. My prayer over this episode, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 3, verse 12, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So I think it's fitting that the note we would end on is just the two simple words, Jesus saves. And it's actually so funny that she was saying about it being written on Warren's Bible because the day after Warren's celebration of life, I remember they had a picture on the screen of Warren's Bible, Jesus saves. And me and all my friends went home. And what did we write on our Bibles? Stop it. Jesus saves. And I'm quite literally looking down at my Bible that says yeah. Jesus saves on it right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and constantly reminded that not only was his de death never wasted, but God's glory was revealed. And there are more faces that are going to be in heaven because of the way that Warren lived his life. Rachel, thank you. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. <laughs>